0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks, we're your hosts Stasia and Saskia. For our new series we're hosting individuals who
1: have a passion about sustainability. If you like this episode you can take a listen to our last two episodes which we recorded with Hunu talking about coffee and BVL and Charlie about fast fashion and the custom design. Today we're hosting Connor and James, would you two like to introduce yourself and tell us why you're here today?
2: Uh, hi, I'm Connor. I'm uh, one of the new content creators at Sustainability Speaks. I'm here today just to uh, interview James, really. I've uh, hopped on board with them, as well as Sustainability Speaks, so it's a little collaboration we've got going. Uh, hi, I'm James. I'm one of the co-founders of Settle Up Earth,
3: um, and I'm sure I'll be telling you all about Settle Up Earth in the coming podcast.
0: So James, since you are the co-founder, I was just wondering if you could tell us a bit about your background, um, where and how you came up with the idea to start Settle Up Perth?
3: Yeah, sure. So my background is actually has very little to do with the sustainability, um, weirdly. So I actually did a master's in chemistry at the University of Southampton. And as part of that, uh, I ran a project where we're turning waste oil into biodiesel. And that's sort of where I got started to get interested in the startup space, specifically around sustainability. So the idea came about, when myself and my co-founder Tristan started our PhDs and we were looking at doing a climbing trip. And as part of that, we were flying to Peru, which is obviously a very long-haul flight, and we were looking into offsetting projects. And as we were sort of discussing how we were going to go about the offsetting process, it was such a complicated field and we realised there was a real space for some simple and very transparent offsetting. It's done to a very high standard. And also, it got us thinking, why only offset your flights? It's very common to offset flights, but other aspects of your life contribute towards your carbon emissions and why is there not a platform that allows you to do that so yeah that's sort of where the idea came from uh from that we started doing research building our website um specifically because we were at imperial college london we had access to a fantastic array of academics from the climate school so we started reaching out to them and trying to get their advice on how to go about this project and yeah that's sort of how we started and how the idea came to fruition.
0: That's really interesting actually. I was just wondering why did you choose this carbon offsetting process specifically, which is planting trees? I'm not aware if there are perhaps any others out there or is this one that you've specifically chosen and how do you perhaps choose then, how, how does that process actually work? Like the one of where people pay or what's the process of actual of the actual carbon offsetting?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So carbon offsetting in itself is quite a complicated space. Um, The more you look into it, um, the more issues there are surrounding it and you really need to be careful about what projects you pick. So we pick our offsetting sort of with guidance from our academic advisors uh, who really know this space fantastically well. Um, So our offsetting is carried out by partners and our partners are selected on three main criteria. So the idea of permanence, so ensuring that the offset is sort of locked in for a very long time, so it's sequestered for a significant period of time. The idea of additionality, so every time you put in a set amount of money, the contributions directly lead to uh, additional carbon removal. And also the idea of verifiability, so ensuring all of our offsets are verified by some sort of governmental body and that there's data reinforcing all of that. This is sort of how we pick our projects and we operate in the UK and internationally on that because there's there's projects all around the world that sort of fulfill these criteria Um, so we partner with companies we don't carry out the tree planting ourselves so yeah so when you go onto our website we have a consumer offering where you can really quickly calculate your emissions and offset them through these very high standard projects and then with businesses we have slightly different processes um, going on in the background so we operate a climate positive employer so an employer can offset their employees emissions and also enable the planting of trees sort of per sale or on an ad hoc basis. The carbon offsetting process actually works by we receive the money and we forward that onto our partners and we ensure that they directly plant additional trees and have additional added value from that and then they register a carbon credit which is a, effectively a credit that verifies a one tonne of CO2 has been offset and this is listed publicly so everyone can see that this has been done by us and that's how we have this transparency around this as well.
1: So do you guys have any control about where the trees are planted or does a third party just decide that and plant wherever they can like find space?
3: No so we have specific sites that we, we work with, um, we're in very close contact with our partners and we make sure that we know exactly where the trees are being planted and how it's being carried out and it's it's also key to bear in mind that alongside these uh, sort of criteria of permanence, additionality, verifiability, we also seek to prioritize partners with a strong social aspect to their work. This is uh, our reforestation portfolio, for example, engages partners in countries with lower median income. So we hire locals to drive poverty alleviation and satisfying 10 of the UN Sustainability Development Goals. Um, so we we have a lot of oversight of what's going on in the project and where the money's going Um, and this is sort of key to to what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve there
0: can you perhaps tell us like about your clients is it mostly individuals is it mostly businesses and perhaps how is the range calculated for example how do you know how many trees to then plant in order to offset the amount of carbon that the client wants to Offset essentially.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, obviously two offerings at the moment. So our consumer offering is the um, carbon calculator embedded in our website, and this is sort of in the beta testing at the moment. So we've we've got a few people that we're testing our back end processes on and making sure that it works. And in terms of knowing and quantifying their impact, what we've done is we've done a range of uh, calculators and then tested which uh, questions provide the most oversight of their carbon impact Um, and we try to do this in a way that's very quick but very quickly as well quantifies and accurately um, carbon footprint effectively so based on this we know through our partners they have a verified carbon credit per tons we know exactly if your offset is x tons we know exactly how many tons have been offset for our projects Um, in terms of businesses We've, current, we've just started reaching out to businesses in the last three or four months and largely they're companies that are focused uh, on sustainability and trying to make their products as sustainable pos- as possible and are conscious of the fact that there are inherent emissions associated with um, running a business so you can try to be as sustainable as possible but regardless there's still going to be some
2: emissions associated with this and they just want to account for that so yeah how come tree planting was chosen instead of other methods to uh, offset the carbon? Because I, I know, I know there's, there's quite a few different methods currently in the industry. Is it because the trees are more tangible, do you think?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think, especially from a customer side of things, trees are a lot more tangible. I think the, the concept of a ton of CO2 is quite an abstract concept. Um, it's kind of hard to visualize. Whereas if you know that you've directly funded X number of trees to be planted, that's something that's, you know, quite visceral and feels quite quite good compared to this vague concept of a cloud of CO2. Um, Alongside this, there's a lot of other mechanisms. uh, And this comes down to sort of what quantifies a good offset. So there's maybe cheaper offsets that are surrounding green energy and things like that. But it's very hard to quantify the additionality aspect of that. So if you if you put some money into a project that creates a hydroelectric dam, for example, you don't know for certain that that project wouldn't have gone ahead without your contribution, and it's very hard to quantify an additionality um, uh, criteria around that. Whereas with trees, if you put in X amount of money and it directly funds X number of trees, that's very easy to quantify. Alongside that, there's significant social and environmental co-benefits, so the idea is not just to offset the CO2, but also, to do it in a very um, holistic and sustainable manner, effectively. Um, so there's a lot of other co-benefits as well that come with tree planting.
1: When you guys started settle up, from the outset, did you know you were going to offset by trees, or did you have other options, and then you decided to use
3: trees? So there's there's a number of uh, uh, there is a number of options, and we weren't set on any one of them particularly. Uh, and a lot of this came from guidance from. Uh, academics that we're working with who suggested the best ways of going about this. There's some really interesting technology around carbon capture and storage which the idea of permanence around that is fantastic because of the CO2 is effectively locked into rock it's not going to go anywhere um, but the price point for that is quite huge at It's developing technology so there's other areas that we're looking into for sure but I think as a starting point tree planting and forestry protection were really key to... Um, to build
0: this yeah because i was just going to ask you about obviously carbon capture is quite popular at the moment just quite a popular spoken about topic and i don't know if it's the same thing as carbon sequestration but that's also another thing that's obviously being discussed but all of those processes seem a lot more complicated and perhaps a lot more artificial than tree planting
3: yeah it's um so carbon sequestration is effectively just the process of capturing and storing atmospheric CO2. Um, so it, tree planting would come under that if they're growing and they're um, sequestering CO2 in sort of in their trunks and leaves and whatever. Um, whereas carbon capture and storage or direct carbon capture and storage is sort of um, directly from the air, effectively sucking out the CO2 and locking it into rock. So it's a really it's a really interesting technology. And in terms of if it could scale up and become much cheaper and more efficient, I think it could have a really significant impact but obviously as you say uh, it's I guess a less nat- natural process but it, d- it does happen over time but it obviously takes a significant period of time and you're speeding up that process by doing that
1: yeah I'm personally a bit dubious about Carbon capture because i obviously see all the benefits but it doesn't really encourage anyone to stop producing carbon because it's more of a cover-up than a solution
3: yeah, absolutely. No, I understand that, and I think this is sort of a problem around carbon offsets as a whole. Yeah. Is that people see it as, you know, let's put a quick plaster over this this huge problem of um, climate change. And I think for us at Set Up Earth, any businesses or individuals we work with, but the, the main point we're putting across is consistently the best way to address climate change is to reduce your emissions rather than offset them. So the idea is that you know you reduce your emissions to the, the highest feasible level, so you get them down as low as possible, and then you, you're always going to have some sort of inherent emissions. And how do you how do you deal with that? Um, and I feel like that's where carbon offsetting mechanisms really come into their own. Um, but you're definitely right. We don't want it to be used as any sort of greenwashing or anything like that, where a business just doesn't have any actual. Uh, realistic views on this and just wants to offset and throw a bunch of money at it and get rid of it kind of thing. So we don't want to do that at all.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's really great. And I think it's really great that you get that message across because like you say, you can never not have emissions.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about the trees that you plant?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, at the moment we're focused on a couple of projects. So our UK afforestation is up in Scotland. And they work really closely with the Forestry Commission, and the Forestry Commission help to decide exactly what trees are planted um, on a site-by-site basis effectively. Um, So they're all indigenous to UK. um, And that varies based on sort of sunlight conditions and different different areas of the project and things like that. Um, The other international project at the moment is mangrove reforestation. Um, And mangroves are just such fantastic trees that they're so cool they sequester so much carbon they have significant social co-benefits of coast preventing coastal erosion um and they support this project supports 10 of the un sustainability development goals um and again these are all indigenous to that region um and that's quite key to what we're trying to do um so far we've planted just under five thousand trees um And by we, I mean our fantastic customers and businesses that we're working with that are helping to fund this. And we've offset, I can't remember the exact number now, but we've offset enough CO2 to go to the moon and back effectively two or three times, I think it is at this point. So it's going really well and we seem to be getting some traction behind this. And we're just hoping we can keep growing and just have bigger and bigger impact.
0: I just wanted to ask, so obviously you are essentially a company based around sustainability. But then Mm -hmm. how important is sustainability for your own business strategy within Settle Up Earth? So, for example, I guess what I mean by that is the actual process of, for example, tree planting, I do presume it involves, you know, transportation or Mm -hmm. it also just, for example, the, um, you know, the electricity used to then make the calculations. Is there, Mm -hmm. do you have some sort of strategy in place? that also perhaps mitigates or minimizes your own um, carbon footprint.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, sustainability is, as you say, very key to what we do at Earth. Earth. Um, just to touch on the offsetting projects, they, obviously, they need to take into account a sort of a baseline level of CO2. So what is being used to operate the project and that's taken into account when they're doing their carbon accreditation as well. And that's also another key factor. Again, the more you look into this field, the more complicated it gets, and it's very hard to find projects that are doing this really well. Um, In terms of uh, us as well, we're obviously very committed to making sure that SESLA purpose is a sustainable institution. Um, We obviously offset our own emissions um, and try to reduce our emissions whenever possible. Um, So yeah, we've we've got a few policies in place on that, but I won't I won't bore you with the, the white paper behind that, but
2: yeah. <laughs> what was mentioned earlier, James, But um, and it's not a criticism of set birth, but, um, but do you think carbon offsetting has potential to allow greenwashing in the bigger sphere and in business as a whole? I mean, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is like HS2. No, absolutely. And I think
3: making sure that carbon um, offsetting is used in a considered way Uh, carbon offsetting or offsetting in general can sometimes be seen as a bit of like a dirty word that has been misused in the past where companies have just thrown money at a problem and said we're carbon neutral and that's definitely something that we need to move away from but I think it has to play a key role in terms of like I keep saying the the inherent emissions you have you need to do something about that Um, and the the only mechanism we currently have to do that is carbon offsetting. Uh, It's interesting that you touched on HS2 um, I don't think that they've done that in a fantastic way. I think established woodland, especially ancient woodland, um, has such significant co-benefits compared to uh, new trees. Effectively, so you need to the best way of addressing it in a lot of ways is to protect current established woodland. So I think that it's obviously a very controversial area, and I just don't think that that ever should have been done. Um, and I don't think that they've accounted for that in any way, or definitely not enough. Um, so I think realistically, this is just one of the solutions that we need within a whole spectrum of solutions to help with the climate crisis. Um, but I agree, it can definitely be used for greenwashing, and that's that's something that needs to be stopped in, in the carbon offsetting field.
2: Okay, that's brilliant, thanks James. Um, as a whole, what advice would you give to uh, any climate-fixing entrepreneurs who are out there as well? I mean, because for me, personally, I found The whole uh, story of how you and your co founder um, came about with this company, quite like inspiring. Um, And I know, like myself, there's many other people out there um, who are wanting to do something positive as well. Mm, Absolutely. Um, So I guess, what advice
3: would I give? That's a tricky one, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Um, So I think. Where to start from, really? I mean, if what would you suggest, like, for someone to think of an idea? Or... Yeah, absolutely. And I think sort of understanding the problem
3: uh, in the first place is probably quite key to this. I think we were quite um, lucky in a lot of ways that we stumbled we stumbled upon a problem by looking into this area. And I think we both, when when the idea sort of came to conception, it was something that we both would have been interesting, uh, in, sorry, would have been interested in pursuing, and as like. A consumer, and I think businesses as well are looking for ways to mitigate their impact. Um, So, doing your research, understanding a field, and understanding what could be done further in the future, um, and what developments need to be done to make to have a significant impact. I think the main thing when you start a business is to make sure you have a good team around you. And I think when you first start a business, there's often an idea of you know get lots of people on board. and try and sort of just like get tons of people on board and then just hope that you can like figure it out and just have more manpower behind you. But actually, I think having a small team that you can really trust um, and that you know that you work well with is really key to this. Uh, and also, there will be times when the business starts to sort of go wrong or problems arise. And then just having the, the sort of passion to push through that and to just keep working at it is really key. I think for, myself and my co-founder as well. Um, Starting a business at university was quite, in a lot of ways, quite tricky because you are obviously got this balancing act. But I think it gives you a lot of skill sets as well and helps you develop the idea um, sort of in a safer space. And also, especially for climate fixing problems, um, you have access to so many academics that are more than willing to help, which is really helpful in terms of developing your business. Um, So yeah, definitely useful to reach out To people around that space.
0: I was wondering what are the future goals and ambitions for Settle Up Earth? Like, where where would you say you see yourself in maybe three to five years' time?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think we're still sort of very much in the beta stage. We've only just started onboarding uh, customers and businesses. So, I think just continuing to develop that, um, trying to approach large businesses and I think what's really interesting as well is exploring other offsetting mechanisms. So currently we focused on tree planting, as we've alluded to. Um, There are tons of other offsetting options that uh, are really interesting. And I think what would be really nice is to offer both customers and businesses a choice of what projects their money funds. um, To make sure that it sort of aligns their own personal values and uh, to make sure that they're they're comfortable in what project they're putting into and say if they prefer to focus on peatland restoration, for example, rather than tree planting, they have that option. So we want to improve the oversight as well, so the tractability and sort of the granularity of that. So we'd love to be able to have a portal where uh, customers and businesses can log in, see how many trees they've planted, see where they are and the amount of carbon offset and really just to start advertising. this this project and try and get more and more people on board to have as big an impact as possible Uh, we're a social enterprise so we're not we're not trying to make any significant amounts of money we just want to keep this running and we're hoping that we can just uh, plant as many trees as possible and sequester as much co2 as possible and basically just have as big of a positive impact as possible
1: for our listeners can absolutely anyone use your your company so anyone with a business is able to come and go on your website offset
3: Absolutely, yeah. So if you're looking to offset your lifestyle, you can go to uh, Earth, and you can click offset your footprint. And if you're looking to offset your business, you can click on offset um, your business on the top tab, and you can just inquire, and one of our team will get back to you on that.
2: I really see this going somewhere, you know? Like you say, you're at your infancy, and uh, I feel like right now, and I don't know about yourself, but I feel like you've gone into that sphere right at the right time. Um, mm-hmm. Sustainability is becoming such a big, and, it, and it's becoming mainstream almost. So yeah, congrats to you, man. Thanks. And congrats on coming on board, Connor. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. More more <laughs> That's it. I hope I can, uh, you know, make a difference any way I can. Absolutely.
0: So obviously, yeah. as Connor mentioned, like sustainability is such a trend right now, and it's rising exponentially. Um, not in just, you know, the startup space, but also even like in the more developed business space in terms of investment, private equity, etc. And as someone who's obviously in this sphere, I was just wondering, what are your predictions perhaps for the sustainability sector in general? Do you think it's going to continue growing exponentially or is it potentially going to slow down? Because obviously at the moment, a lot of it is so popular because it actually makes the companies who do, let's say, offset or who do invest in sustainable uh, projects and businesses look good? And do you think that that is going to perhaps slow down as time goes on?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I think especially from a point of view of businesses, there's so many businesses that are making claims of sort of net zero by 2050 or 2030 and things like that. and I think this space is just going to continue growing um, and offsetting is going to become a really key key part of that. I think what's important, especially if you're a business looking to offset, it, is to do it in the right way. Um, I think there can sometimes be a tendency to go for cheaper projects that do supply a carbon credit, but there needs to be questions asked around the validity of that. Um, and unless you do this in a way that's very considered and make sure that you Uh, touch on this verified uh, permanence and additionality. Uh, These are all offsets that maybe could come back to bite you at some point in the future. Um, You think you've accounted for your carbon emissions and maybe you haven't to the extent that you thought you did. So I definitely think this field is really interesting at the moment and is maybe undergoing a bit of an overhaul. And I, I think that there's a real market for new projects that are very data driven and very transparent uh, i think that's what businesses are currently looking for and also it for customers as well knowing that their their money's having a positive impact and exactly how um is really key to that
0: so thank you james for this very interesting discussion and thanks connor for also um, helping out with some of the questions we will link all of the um details to your company in the description of this podcast and on our website so anyone listening and wanting to just learn more about Settle Up Earth or wanting to actually even offset their carbon footprint, then please do check them out. Um, so, yeah, once again, thank you so much.
3: No, thanks a lot for having me. I think it's great that you guys are running this, and I'm ex- I'm excited to listen to some of the other podcasts you guys have going on as well.
1: Yeah, we're glad to hear it. Yeah, please, it. please do. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. If you're interested in any more content, please take a look down below all our other podcasts or head over to our website and Instagram to find out more.